An age-friendly city is a city that is suitable for people of all ages. The example I give is creating a footpath network where older people can walk safely and unimpeded. If you can get that right, it, it will also serve its purpose for young parents pushing a baby in a pram or stroller, or people with disabilities, etc. So an age-friendly city is really creating a city that, that provides for people of all ages. It's not something extra we need to do, it's actually providing an age-friendly lens through everything we currently do. Are you becoming increasingly aware of your advancing age? Do you wonder if you're making the most of your life or fear that the best years may be behind you? Welcome to Aging with Purpose, a podcast developed by Lydia Consi from Avanti Care to help create a movement for purposeful aging because every person and their needs matter. The Aging with Purpose podcast is a Narrative Network production. Hi, I'm Talitha Cummins and I'm here with Peter Sokus, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Unley Council in South Australia. Peter sits as director on a number of boards and advisory committees in the area of ageing, including the Centre of Research Excellence for Frailty and Healthy Ageing. And he joins us here today. Welcome, Peter. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, Unley Council is really taking the lead on ageing. It'd have to be one of the very few to have an active ageing strategy. How did this come about? Probably started around 2011 when we participated in um, a thinker in residence program that the state government had introduced. And it was around creating an age-friendly city. Um, in 2012, the council then signed the Dublin Declaration around creating an age-friendly city. And we were one of the, I think, the first South Australian council to be part of the World Health Organization Age-Friendly Communities and Cities. It's a mouthful. Okay. Uh, but then what essentially that did is commit us to actions that we would undertake to develop an ageing strategy and a range of programs and looking at our city and services through an age-friendly lens. It's been a really satisfying journey, uh, a lot of hard work, but uh, really worthwhile. A real credit to you to be recognised by the, the World Health Organisation. Now, what does a, an age-friendly city look like? An age-friendly city is a city that is suitable for people of all ages. The example I give is, um, usually I give is footpaths. So creating a footpath network where older people can walk safely and unimpeded, if you can get that right, it, it will also serve its purpose for young parents pushing a baby in a pram or stroller, or people with disabilities, etc. You look at lighting as well. Community transport is one thing we do. We look at policy planning. That looks at providing housing options for people as they downsize. Community transport, uh, volunteerism, uh, and a lot of social interaction and connection between people of all ages. Wonderful. What is the role of community in ageing? I think the community plays an enormous role in ageing. Um, it's been well documented, I think, that people having a sense of purpose is very important for them in terms of healthy ageing and wellbeing. And so the community plays a role in that in, in three ways. One is um, meaningful relationships. And we, we found that from a council perspective, again, if someone loses their partner or their kids have grown, grown up and left the home, then it's important that they create meaningful relationships with elements of the community. That could be through hobbies, 
interest groups, volunteering, etc. And so a, a whole rich tapestry of networks is created that way through the community. The other one is, I think the community play a role dealing with things like social isolation. Social isolation is a large problem and there's that link between social isolation and depression. And we, we have an example where we've had a 94-year-old man recently move into the city of Unley from the country. He was also a war veteran, member of the RSL and Probus clubs back in his original home. So he's quite active in that community. Through our volunteer program, we have about 270 volunteers. Uh, a volunteer started to make connections with him, took him to the Anzac Day service, and then staff members connected him up to the Probus clubs, etc. We've recently had a letter from his daughter actually saying he's just this new person with all these new connections and relationships. And I think it's a very organic initiative because as a council, we can't do everything. We can't just provide services. The sense of community and community development provides so much more, greater outcomes than what you just have as a service provider relationship. Wonderful. Now, what does the strategy, what does it actually, how does that actually work? You certainly have a vision about creating an age-friendly city. There are themes and then under each themes there are strategies and key actions. So if we look at some of them, we've got focus areas of outdoor spaces, building and buildings, transportation, building social participation, respect and inclusion, civic participation, information, community support, etc. So some examples of some, some practical outcomes we've had have been things like our community transport service, which we've changed from the traditional fixed route service that you'd see a community bus drive up and down the streets picking people up to more of a door-to-door service. So we will actually now go to people's homes, pick them up and then take them to where they want to go. It's a much more intimate service than what, what was there before. We've done some dementia-friendly training where we've connected primary school students with older people with dementia, and that's that's about understanding dementia. So anecdotally, you could, you could end up having your seven or eight-year-old come home and say, now I understand why grandpa acts this way or grandma acts this way. That's been a huge success, that program, and now we're rolling it out across a number of other primary schools in the city. We've had businesses trying to take on board some some ageing principles, everything from store layouts to make it easily accessible for people that are perhaps older. We had an interesting initiative around social um, isolation where we brought together residents from a nursing home and our local football club, the SANFL, has Sturt Football Club based at Unley Oval. We provided um, a volunteer and community bus picked up residents from a home, took them to Sturt Football Match. The Sturt Football Club looked after them, gave them sandwiches, teas, scarves, etc. And it was an outing for those people who normally would not get out of the facility. So it's about bringing the parties together and providing different outcomes. How do you come up with these ideas? I imagine you spent some time with elderly residents asking them what they wanted. What sort of feedback were they giving you? We certainly do engage with older people. You're absolutely correct. And I remember... um, We have a fairly high Greek elderly population. Migrants come out in the 50s. And uh, there was a survey undertaken about them. How can council assist you and what would you like to see from council? And of all the things that um, came out of it was a weekly bus trip to one of these wholesale food suppliers in uh, the western uh, suburbs of Adelaide. And that's been very successful. That's been running for a few years now. It's a gold coin donation. I guess the message in all of that is you do need to talk 
to your uh, residents and understand what is it that they need and not assume everything. So how did you actually come up with this strategy and what, is, what advice do you have for other councils to, to implement such a strategy? There's plenty of examples out there around the strategy and the themes. They follow the World Health Organisation guidelines. But the one thing I would say is to engage um, with the whole of the organisation. It's not something extra we need to do. It's actually providing an age-friendly lens through everything we currently do. And being a a council, it's important to get the elected member support because they drive the policy and drive the strategy. And we were very fortunate at the time because our mayor was one of the youngest mayors in Adelaide. And so that you had this nice paradox between a young mayor leading an ageing strategy in Adelaide that was one of the first councils to do so. We also partnered with the University of South Australia. So it was an opportunity to use some of the academic uh, research and put it into a practical example. So th- like what are features of an age-friendly city? The key learning out of all of that also is it's important to identify partners we're members of LASER. We do work with some of the aged care providers like Rest Haven, Southern Cross, University of South Australia. We do some work with professional bodies like uh, Avanti uh, and other allied health bodies. And it's about recognising people's skills and knowledge and the organisations. What we do well, we want to continue to do well, but there's no point in competing in the provision of cleaning or gardening services when there are so many others that can do that better. I think our role is around community building and community development initiatives um, because council is a body that our local residents trust. Isolation is a, is a huge issue for, for older people. How are you, what are you doing to sort of counteract that? A couple of initiatives. One is um, we have a a strong volunteering base. Uh, We have about 270 volunteers that, whether it's driving a community bus, serving meals at community centres, events, all sorts of things like that. For our staff, it's also going that little bit extra and understanding what the needs of people may be. So during home visits, it's one thing to actually do a bathroom modification or handrails, but it's also being trained to recognise any other issues or concerns that may be there. And quite often the social visit is what's required. It's that balancing act between efficiency, I guess, from a hard economic perspective and also the community wellbeing. So I think what we like to think we're doing is helping people stay at home. I mean, that is our role through services or that whole community network. So from a council perspective, I guess it's advantageous to have people staying in their home. Why is that? From the government's perspective and, and from from our health network, it's it, the, the numbers have shown that it's it's far more effective and efficient, if you like, for people to stay at home rather than go into facility. For us, it's that whole community mix. So a strong community has people of all ages in there. The model has long gone where you try and segregate things. So um, we do that. Our community centres run a whole range of programs like most other community centres would. Um, and it's about breaking down those um, artificial barriers, if you like, or the, the mindset and allowing people of all ages to mix together. You were talking a little earlier about keeping people in their homes and you've come up with some interesting ways to do that. Can you explain that to us? Mm. We're currently doing uh, some work with the state government, University of South Australia and and one or two partner councils through funding of Office of the Ageing. And City of Unley has a lot of character homes, so built around the early 1900s. 
as people, you know, an older person's left by themselves or just him and a partner, uh, they're, they're large. And so they want to downsize, but don't want to leave the area, as we've said. The, this program is around uh, investigating ways of doing internal modifications to some of these properties to allow two or even three dwellings to be formed by converting one of these large villas. So a villa normally would have six to eight rooms thereabouts. How can you modify that property into two or even three units without making any obvious changes on the outside? That's an alternative to buying an old home, knocking it down and building two two units. Currently looking at trialing that out in three locations, in uh, uh, one in Nunnally, one in Prospect, I think, and one in Burnside that that looks at doing that. If successful, then that would be an argument put to the state government. The state is is participating in this to make some necessary planning policy changes to allow that to happen in practice. So for the, the people who can't, are, are unable to stay in their own homes and, and go into a home, what is council doing to, to sort of, to help them? In the city of Unley, we have about, uh, I think, five or six of the large aged care companies have got facilities in Unley. And we've been involved in discussions with two or three of them and that whole model changing. Ideally, you'd have a range of accommodation that meets the needs of an individual as it changes. So you could go into facility, um, independent living unit, and then as your needs change, you can go down towards a path of high dependent, you know, full dependent. For us, I think what we want to do and the discussions we've had with the, the companies is to actually integrate those facilities in the community with the rest of the community. And so things like having a council outreach service run from one of the facilities, for example, could be a library, could be a small community centre. It's about bringing the rest of the community into the facilities as well. Okay. And so what does an, an age-friendly retail precinct look like? A lot of it is around infrastructure, accessibility into the shops, um, having seats, having water fountains, wide footpaths, and also um, to in some cases supporting infrastructure. Like we actually um, did a study again, I think in this case with Flinders University, where we had about 20 participants who ride those mobility scooters or gophers as we call them, and we put a GPS on them. Uh, to actually find out where their common routes were. And then that, that, uh, that, of course, enabled us to then go back to look at those routes and see where do we, can we do some infrastructure improvements along that. So a lot of research now shows that physical activity is highly beneficial for older people. What's Council doing to help with that? A number of things. Uh, for the last few years, as we've gone through and redeveloped our reserves, we've put in things like exercise equipment, uh, more recently, we've just been awarded a Commonwealth grant of about $600,000. Uh, it's called uh, Daily Moves Program. Together with ourselves, we're auspicing a program on behalf of about five councils. And what we'll be after is about 800 participants where we conduct a physical assessment and then develop an individual program for those people over a year or so and then we'll be conducting assessments along along the way and uh, I think there'll be some tangible outcomes out of that. Wonderful so these 800 participants how can they apply for that program head to the council website? That's right council website will have the links to that and there's a coordinator that they can speak to and then register the details and we'll go from there. Now, I guess finally, what advice do you give for other community members to be more inclusive of 
older people. I think we need to recognise that we're all going to get old at some stage. So, uh, and older people have a wealth of knowledge and skills that they can impart and contribute to the community. Just because someone is over the age of be it 70, 75, 65, it doesn't mean that they're not important. They have, they have a right to be heard. They have a right to be involved in the community and they bring a lot of wealth of knowledge and value to the community. So I think for us, it is it is in our interest to tap into that and also just inclusivity and we get a much stronger community by including everyone. Let's talk a bit about um, diversifying communities. I know you, you mentioned you have a, a lot of Greeks and Italians living within Unley Council. What about, say, Chinese and Vietnamese I think it's fair to say at the moment our older population is generally from non-English speaking background is Greek and Italian and they've been here now for a while and probably integrated with the community over the last 40 or so years and we have a a reasonable understanding of their needs. I mean I'm of Greek background myself so you, you have some knowledge of the cultural requirements. Our fastest growing non-English speaking background group in Unley is Chinese. Uh, and now the Chinese community, we have not had much success in connecting with them. And I think that's going to be uh, a growing area that we need to address. And all councils probably will need to address at some stage as that group ages. So if you've had refugees from Vietnam in the 70s, they're now likely to be 60, 70, 80 years old. How do you connect with that group and what are their cultural requirements? And not only the interpret, interpreting and language barriers, but their cultural needs and sensitivities. And that's an area that we need to start to get our head around how we work with that group and address their needs going forward. So it's a very difficult thing for us. We, we um, I don't have the answers yet, apart from engaging more and more and trying to understand the needs of those people and that group uh, better than what we currently do. So in a perfect Unley Council community how does that look well we've been talking with a developer and for me this is probably a really good practical example if we, we're looking at a development that might be what we call mixed use where you have a combination of retail entertainment office and accommodation and the accommodation what i would love to see is one where you have older people mixed in with students mixed in with market driven apartment prices mixed in with affordable housing mixed in with students etc so it's one where everyone is part of the community and it's not segregated where this block is for older people or this block is student housing etc everyone is together Uh, i think if people are interested in some of the work we do uh, obviously head to our website and we have a range of initiatives there and opportunities for people to get involved Sounds like a wonderful idea. And you have been full of them with us during this podcast. You're doing some great things there at Unley Council, a really great example for councils across Australia and and the world, I guess. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Ageing with Purpose. Links to references mentioned in today's episode are included in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and our Avanti Care newsletter to keep informed and ensure you never miss an episode. To subscribe and to access a wide range of useful resources, head to our website www.avanticare.com.au. The Aging with Purpose podcast is produced by Narrative Marketing, who believe that storytelling can positively impact the world.